Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, folks, to the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Klamachko. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's podcast, we welcome Tabula founder and CEO, Adam Singulda. Tabula is a global leader in powering recommendations for the open web. It recently announced a merger with SPAC Ion Acquisition Corp. 1 in a $2.6 billion deal. On the podcast, Adam discusses what he learned working in the elite intelligence unit of the Israeli army, the thesis behind the founding of Tabula, how he nearly had to shut down the company three times due to running out of funding prior to finding success, key insights into the merger with SPAC Ion Acquisition Corp. 1, and more. So with no further ado, here's our discussion with Adam, founder and CEO of Tabula. I'm excited to have Adam from Tabula on the Absolute Return podcast today. So Adam, I was reading up on your background, which is very intriguing because it's somewhat unique. You spent seven years doing advanced encryption for the INSA, which is an elite intelligence unit in the Israeli army prior to founding Tabula in 2007. Can you tell us how, well, like, what this experience was like and what are some major learnings? It sounds just like some top secret stuff may have gone on there. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not sure how much I can tell you about what I did <laughs> back then, but uh, I can tell you it was, um, it was quite incredible, mainly because while I was, um, you know, in a very technical um, place, you know, working on a very important mission, you know, um, for you know f- for my country where I grew up, uh, and I, you know, and I met some of the most amazing people uh, in the world, you know, in terms of how sophisticated they are and how um, innovative they they are. The best lesson I've, I've picked up was really a culture, you know, cultural message, you know, and and lesson, and and that was around just what's the power of a group of people working together? Right. You know, and um, so in, in a fairly flat organization. So to me, you know, spending almost seven years there as an engineer and a team leader and an officer in the end, it was an incredible experience. Um, also developing this feeling of there's nothing you cannot do. You know, this this superpower, superhero kind of feeling that, um, you know, with with great group of people that have this focus, um, you can really do a lot and reach a lot. So it was it was mainly a cultural for me, less than even though it was a technology environment, and then, and then after that, I was you know still living in my parents' house, um, and you know that's when I you know at some point uh, stumbled upon the the reason for starting Tabula, which was I couldn't find anything to watch on TV, and I thought you know I shouldn't be looking for TV shows. TV shows should be looking for me, and that was the very beginning. Tabula, in many ways, is actually my first job. And so can you go into what what exactly the the thesis was in behind the founding of Tabula and and what what the problem was that you were really seeking to solve? Yeah, so you know I, I the the experience I had was that I I couldn't find I'm sure many many of you who listen to this podcast right now you know that feeling you're it's the end of the day you're sitting in front of your TV and you're looking for something to watch and you spend so much time looking for something to watch you end up closing your TV and going to sleep. Uh, because you just can't find it. It's this uh, discovery problem. 
and I was convinced that the future will be, um, you know, powered by recommendations. I thought search engines, you know, Google changed the world because if only you know what you want and you can type it, you can find it. And that saved you a lot of time and it, it made information accessible. And that was a very important part, I think, for humanity. And, um, but I thought the future will be exactly the opposite. I thought that information will be suggested to us where to go, what to buy, what to read. Uh, we only have 24 hours a day, so that will never change. That, that, that is a, a fact. And I think that as I look into the future, and that's why when I started Tabula, I thought, you know, human beings will make some of the most important decisions of their life based on recommendations because it's going to make them a better version of, of themselves. So that, that was the vision, and that's why I started Tabula, to build this recommend, recommendation engine that can be integrated anywhere. People spend their time. And, you know, I, I did what, what most good, uh, you know, uh, kids do when they have uh, a huge problem. I went to my mom and I told her, you know, mom, there's a huge um, opportunity in the future to invent sort of like a search engine in reverse. Right. Instead of searching for information, information will be finding us. And then she was asking me, you know, what am I drinking and uh, what's going on? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nothing. I'm like, I'm very passionate about this uh, moment of next problem that, that, you know, I should solve. And, and then she, you know, she introduced me to my first um, angel investor. There's a whole funny story about how that happened, but that was the very beginning, you know, um, right, right out of my, the army service and just, you know, just the very beginning. So I'm intrigued. You have this light bulb moment, this moment of clarity where you want to basically create a recommendation engine. What's the story with the first angel investor? How did that happen? And, and ultimately, how did Tabula go from just an idea in your head and a concept to becoming a real business? So my mom, who was, wasn't sure how to help me, said she knows of this guy who is an investor and his daughter was celebrating a bat mitzvah, which means she was about to become 12. And she, she got me an invite. I was basically invited to the bat mitzvah of a person I didn't know. <laughs> and, I, and I also didn't know his daughter. And, and, uh, and as I was there, it was 7 p.m., I was asking myself, when is a good time to go and pitch an investor as he celebrates his daughter's, you know, huge moment in life? Mm -hmm. And I figured 10 p.m. will be a great moment because, you know, he'll be dancing a little bit, a glass of wine, he'll be more relaxed. So at 10 p.m., I go to him and I said, you know, search engines were great because, you know, if you knew what you wanted, you can type it and find it. But the future will be exactly the opposite and recommendation engines will be all over us, you know, will be on a browser and in your car and anywhere you go, you'll, you'll be surrounded by recommendation engines. And he basically said, um, who in, you know, he was asking me who invited me. <laughs> and I said, and I said, uh, my mom. And he's like, who is your mom? And I told him my mom's name. And uh, he wasn't sure exactly, you know, why am I there? But he appreciated up, you know, the fact that I went, you know, through the trouble and invited me to his house. And um, a few days afterwards, and then I, ca I came to his house at 4 p.m. on a Friday. And, you know, and I was, for the first time, I was pitching an investor, something I've never done before, never had a job before, was never interviewed for a job before. And um, he, he, after an hour of talking about it, he said, and I'm not sure I know exactly, you know, if it's going to work out, but I'd love to, you know, go on this journey with you. And he, he agreed to invest in Tabula a fairly small amount, but for me, it was huge at the time. And then I was thinking to myself, you know, good business people never say yes on the spot. So I told them, let me think about it. And I was so excited. <laughs> so I figured I had, I have to get the hell out of the house as soon as I can. So you, you will not see that I'm so excited. So I left 
And then I, you know, I took the elevator down and I called my mom from the lobby and I said, mom, you know, he said, he'll do it. And she said, great, good news. And I said, no, but I haven't told him yes yet. And she was like, you idiot, you have to say yes immediately. <laughs> so I called him from the lobby and I said, I've been thinking about it. I think we should do it. It was like maybe 45 seconds afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the very beginning, you know, and, and we're not only now working together, he's also, you know, one of my best friends. He's truly an angel. You know how they, they refer to your early investors, angel investors. And he is truly an angel because it takes an angel to um, invest in someone's dream, uh, especially someone with no experience, you know, that has never done it. In fact, has never done anything. Um, so, so that was the very beginning, uh, 13 years ago. So actually this podcast, Julian, is really my bar mitzvah celebration. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Fabulous. So you have your first angel investor. He really kicked off this idea and put it, basically gave it, it its first legs as it matured from strictly a, an idea, a potential concept, to now a company. So getting into that, how does Tabula's marketplace business model work? So went from concept to actual implementation and revenue generation and customers. How do those mechanics work? Yeah, so, so you know, now it's obviously a different story. We, you know, I started Tabula back in 2007. We spent the first four to five years we were about 10 people, you know, so very small team trying to just find the, you know, a product market fit, trying to get anyone to um, try out our technology. It's, it's amazing to go back to those days when we were so small and just trying to survive it another day, you know, and I had three times during those years when I had a plan to shut down the business because I couldn't, you know, finance it anymore. Right. And, um, and three times I got lucky for different reasons. You know, at one time, my CTO chose to invest, and on the back of that, other people agreed to join him. And and any time, it was something else. And and you know, you go now to Tabula. You know, we we have 15 countries we operate in. We're about four, 1,400 people working at Tabula. Over 300 people apply for a job every single day. Wow. And we hire one and a half people a day or so. so well, one and a half. It sounds weird, but it's about you know, it's about 45 people or so a month. And um, so and you know, we we. It's over a billion dollars in revenue business now, uh, profitable. So it's like, at some point you have to like, you know, sometimes you have to stop yourself and really pinch yourself to remind yourself that it's real, uh, that, you know, dreams can come true. And it's so much fun to do it with people that you really appreciate. And the way the business work and the way we generate that revenue, like you said, it's kind of like a two-sided marketplace. On the one side, we work with publishers. Publishers, you know, all of you use all the time, you know, uh, CNBC, BBC, uh, the Today Show, you know, some amazing publishers that we all love to read, watch, and interact with uh, all the time. Um, so on the one side, you work with these publishers. We have long-term exclusive global agreements with them to power rec recommendations on their site. So if you go to CNBC, you might see more from Squawk Box or more from CNBC or things of that nature. We power those suggestions with the goal to try to engage you with something you might love on the site that you didn't know existed. Mm. And, and that's part of the services we, we provide our publisher partners uh, at no cost. And side by side to that, we also um, recommend paid recommendations. And the whole construct, it looks like a feed. It looks like an Instagram feed or Facebook news feed. You know, when you scroll down, some of the suggestions are from your friends and some of them are paid by advertisers. That can be, you know, a, a story. It can be a product. Um, we've all seen kind of Instagram advertising experience. It's very similar. So on the other side of our business, we have advertisers. It can be bigger brands, smaller uh, businesses. 
who work with us because they want to be discovered on the open web. And the way we get paid is if you, uh, if you click on one of those paid recommendations, um, we get paid and then we share that revenue with the publisher. So the revenue model is we get paid, most of our, most of our ads are CPC, which means you get paid per click. That's our top line revenue. We share a revenue share with the publisher and what's left for us, it's called XTAC, which means exclusive, excluding traffic acquisition costs. And that's, um, that's a metric we, we monitor as management um, a lot. And then we, you know, we run the business and then we have um, you know, our adjusted EBITDA, which is um, more profitable and growing. So that's kind of like how, the, how it flows. Um, and the reason the business is so exciting is because you know, the open web is a $60 billion market that's growing 10 to 15%. But if you think about the open web, most of the websites you go to, it's still mainly monetized with banners. Banners are those cubes mm-hmm. and images that you see on the, si- on the site sometimes, and you rarely usually click on them. Uh, like, you know, Michael, if I ask yourself, when's the last time you clicked on a banner? It was probably a few years ago and by mistake. <laughs> you could think about, you know, $60 billion plus of advertising that is still mostly rendered by, you know, advertising formats that were invented over 20 years ago. There's, um, there's a big opportunity to kind of switch that open web to feed of recommendations. Now, when everyone thinks about advertising on the internet, obviously the two companies that come to mind, the giants, Google and Facebook. Now, going through your materials, interviews, investor presentation, you discuss this concept of open web and really rallying against these walled gardens, closed ecosystems. How is your model better for customer, customers and consumers online versus these so-called walled gardens that are perhaps negative? Well, I think that, you know, in general, when you think about walled garden, what is the walled garden? A walled garden is really, um, you know, it's, it's an organization that prefers that the internet stays within. They don't share data. They don't share traffic. Um, it's not transparent. And, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's an organization that if it was up to them, the internet would be them. Right. So, and that's, and that's the reason it's bad is, well, it's bad for publishers because, Publishers, websites want people to interact with them directly, right? right? If, you're, if you built your, your website over the last whatever time frame, you want people to be on your site, you want them to come back, you want them to you know, interact with you, maybe subscribe to your site, all those good things. You know? so, so that's if Wall Gardens want publishers to stay in, and, and that's, that's not good. Advertisers you know, don't benefit from that because they become dependent on them. They're so big and they, they're not transparent that what happens if they change their algorithm one, you know, by chance, some, you know, they wake up one day and then their traffic is gone and they, don't, they can't rely on that and, and, and they want their, to diversify. They don't want to be dependent on any one source of, of revenue. And then for consumers, I think net-net over time, it's not great because they want a strong internet that's, you know, free and beautiful and strong, you know? You, we love the internet because we can learn things and educate ourselves and discover new products. So we want a strong internet. So for those, you know, for those reasons, I think World Garden possess a challenge. Um, and what I'm excited about is to build a company that's exactly the opposite, kind of like the Shopify for advertising. Mm. You know, a company that's exclusively focused on being a great partner. Tabula will never be a consumer company. We're never, we will never fight our own partners. So... As I think about the future, I'm, I'm thinking there should be a company 
like Facebook, but completely partner oriented, just wants the open web to be strong and, you know, and, and build infrastructure for the open web and, and be transparent and drive growth and make the internet fantastic. And that's, and that's a big market. And, and, and I think there's an opportunity to, you know, to build that. So that's kind of like our position. I and mean, we want to counterweight the giants, if you will, you know, uh, for the open web. We're like the Robin Hood of the open, open web. And that's the company I want to build and continue to grow. We're only, you know, $1.2 billion revenue company. Obviously, Google and Facebook are much bigger. But, but I believe there's an opportunity to, um, to be the open web friend forever. And now, a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest-growing alternative investment solution providers, with a suite of institutional-caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF, with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. When you talk about transparency and really bringing about the open web, something that is obviously very topical within the large tech companies is, as you had mentioned, that the closed closed wall where they're they're unwilling to do that, and and that's brought them under fire from global governments. And so as you're moving forward, is that something that you're in conversations with some of these global governments and, and really bringing about that? Or, or what's, what's the thought process um, moving forward there? I mean, we're, we're, we're following policies, you know, um, we, the, way, the way we interact with the com- different communities is basically you know, we interact with other partners, companies like us that are in the space. We follow privacy policies and things of that nature. Um, you know, eventually, you know, what I love about that space is that it's a big market. There are many great companies that, um, you know, try to drive growth for that space. And we're very global. So we learn from different countries, different things based on what we see in those markets. You know, Korea is great with e-commerce. So when we, we see the value of e-commerce in Korea, uh, in Japan, you learn about the importance of trust when you do partnerships and how you, you want to put your partner first and you meet the deadline and you meet and exceed your expectation. And so those things, you know, from a global perspective and interacting with different communities is something that we, that we love to see and do. And again, I think that we're fighting the right fight. You know, we're on the right side of history, trying to make the open web better and stronger. And I think that um, a lot of people want to achieve the same. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's kind of our, where we are and where, where we fit, you know? And again, I, I'm, I'm excited mainly because as I think about the future of the internet, I suspect my kids will have an open web that looks a lot more like TikTok and Instagram and WeChat than a page with a lot of banners. The, the web should be beautiful like Instagram, you know, it should be great, like a, a feed of personalized recommendations that I scroll down and spend a lot of time in and buy things and read things. And so I think there's an opportunity to kind of transform the open web to, to be a product that is beautiful. And clearly you're passionate about this business and, and this mission. So Tabula started out as an idea you brought to your mom. She introduces you to an investor that really kicks the whole business off. And I really appreciate your 
honesty and transparency and talking about how nearly three times he had to shut down the company, just, you know, couldn't finance it, running out of money. And that's really a struggle that I think most entrepreneurs go through. A lot of it is overly glamorized, but you're just, you know, telling the truth and that it's, it's really, really difficult. But in a showcase of grit and determination, you made it through the struggles and now a major milestone for the company going public at a 2.6 billion dollar valuation through a merger with SPAC, uh, Ion Acquisition Corp. One. This includes a $285 million uh, pipe financing as well. Was going public always the plan? And if so, why did you choose to go public public via a, a SPAC transaction? We, we wanted to go public or we were thinking about it for a long time and we were trying to prepare ourselves for that, you know, mentally, uh, processes-wise, um, you know, how we think about, you know, projections and things of that nature for a while. And, you know, you have to really, to do it the right way, you know, we, this is something that you should take some time to get yourself ready for that. Um, the real, and, you know, overall, we're between the SPAC and the pipe, which includes some, you know, amazing investors, you know, like Fidelity and Barron and Federated and others. Um, you know, the total funding is $545 million dollars. Which, which, which is great because it's going to help us supercharge our efforts in you know, driving growth for the open web, for publishers, advertisers, small businesses, all the things we talked about today, investing in, a, in AI, uh, looking at M&A, that could be exciting. So this is really an exciting event for us, but really only just a new beginning. In terms of why, you know, why a SPAC, I, I think that even though Taboola is a technology company, people do business with people. And um, you know, we knew Gilad, who's the founder and CEO of the SPAC, before, uh, right. before the event. And so there's a lot of trust that was built there. I was excited to have him join our journey, join the board, play, you know, work with him about the process, you know, uh, and think with him, you know, how to pitch investors and which investors to go to. And that was actually a great process for me and the team, you know, front load the whole process of going public at the very beginning. You know, at the very beginning, you're talking about the plan and how much money to raise and what's evaluation. And who should we go to? And all those things happen at the very beginning with someone you trust. That was great process for me. And, and, and eventually, as you, as you all know, once you go public and you close, the, it's called DSPAC, which is mm -hmm. when you're actually starting to trade, you're just a public company. Then you just have to be a great public company. Nobody cares how you became public. That's yeah. just a part of your journey. At that point, people look at you and ask themselves, is it a great stock or not? Right. Um, do I want to hold it forever or not? And that's eventually what matters to me the most is building a great public company you know, that, that can be here forever. And Ev Gilad and, and my board members, we've hired two independent board members as well. In addition, um, that's to me what really excites me. And I hope to uh, you know, cross the bridge soon. And like I told you earlier, I think the open web deserves a public company that's exclusively focused on them. You know, a true partner-oriented company, win-win uh, oriented company. So hopefully, uh, we still think Q2 is the timeline. Right. So hopefully, um, hopefully soon we'll be on the other side. Awesome to hear. And the strategy certainly makes sense given you already had the relationship with Glad and you felt like he could really add value in terms of your public company debut, strategy, capital raising, et cetera. Now, you mentioned the significant capital infusion as part of this going public transaction as much as $545 million, including the pipe, SPAC capital, et cetera. So in terms of use of proceeds, you mentioned a number of investments, including AI, e-commerce, M&A, T 
TV? What is the strategic rationale behind these investments? And you know, what are you really going to do to drive revenue growth? I noticed you're also forecasting 16% revenue CAGR into the future. What's generally the key growth drivers and what can investors really expect from the use of proceeds and, and the capital into the company? Yeah. So, so this is what we told investors. Think of Tabula in kind of like three bubbles as you look into the future. The, the, the bubble in the middle is the core business, the one we've been doing for 13 years, right? And my management team, we've been together for uh, around 10 years, some less, some more, but, but many of us have been doing this for a long time. We remember Tabula uh, when, when it was very difficult and together we executed into what it is now. And eventually when you think about a business, you know, you can copy anything. I can copy your logo. I can copy your website. You can copy a company's ability to execute. And that's where culture, I think, is so important. So from our perspective, um, one of our biggest innovation is our culture and people working together. So the, 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 that, the first bubble that I'm talking about is the core business. Websites, recommendations, feeds, um, you know, discovering editorial content, paid recommendations. It's over $60 billion market, growing 10 to 15% a year. Give advertisers diversity outside of search and social, right? So the 60 plus is Google is search, Facebook is social, open web in the middle, 60 plus billion dollar market. That's the core business. And, and, and I'll, I'll get to some of the results, which we published our, our Q1 results and we uh, revised, we, we've raised our projections for the year. Okay. Um, but that, but that, that's the core business and that can grow a lot. Um, it's a big market. And again, we, we're only $1.2 billion as of last year of that market. So there's a lot of growth there um, for us. And then you have two other growth engines, which we intend to invest. Uh, overall, we invest $100 million a year in R&D. The first one is recommend anything. So as you see Tabula now on the website that you love and you interact with our recommendations, over time, we'll recommend more types of things. So as an example, e-commerce is something that we love the space. We're going uh, to suggest you, uh, to you uh, products you might like to buy, uh, subscription services you might want to engage with. So if you're reading, think about if you're reading about something that, that carries an interest that you might have, you know, it's kind of like a curiosity graph. If you're reading about comparing the mobile devices, you might be in market to buy a new phone. If you're reading about furniture, you might be in market, maybe you're moving. So there's an opportunity for Tabula to drive more commerce through those experiences. And I actually think the open web can be um, really interesting for e-commerce space, uh, that, that market, which is a big market. So that's, that's uh, one of our, we call it Tabula recommending anything. So more, more types of recommendations. We want to get more into video. So as you scroll down on our feeds, on a website you love, you should see more videos. We want to get into games. We should offer you games you might want to download and play. So we want to diversify the recommendation index, and that will drive yield growth. It means we'll generate more revenue, almost like an ARPU, more revenue uh, per thousand impressions, which means we can generate more revenue to our publisher partners. All of those, all of those things are it's a good juju happen when you, you know, drive yield growth in our business. So that's the second bubble, Tabula recommending anything. The third bu bubble is Tabula recommending anywhere. And this is where you're going to start seeing Tabula outside of a browser, not, not only on a website. We're going to be on mobile devices like Apple mm. News shows you news on your iPhone you should expect Tabula on many other devices to surface news you might like. You know, we'll be on your connected TV. You open an app, you're not sure what to watch, we'll be the recommendation engine for you. Um, maybe one day we'll be in your car. 
I have a Spotify integration in my car. Why is there no, uh, you know, squawk box in my car? Why is there a podcast not in my car? That's a shame. So, so all of those great open web content pieces of content should be surfaced to me anywhere. I am. So that's kind of the third bubble, which is expanding to recommend anything anywhere. Um, and all of it always remember in a win-win type of think- thinking, which means we'll, we'll always grow only if our partners grow. That's it. No identity crisis, no competition with our partners. Um, and, and that's kind of like the, um, the, the three bubbles that we spoke with investors about. Uh, financials, um, we, we've had a good Q1. We originally forecasted that our X tech will grow 16% in 2021 versus 2020. That was our original forecast. Right. <clears throat> then, um, so just as, as a reminder, uh, X tech is um, what's left for us after we pay their publishers. Hmm. Um, it's a metric in our space um, that people use. And, um, and after a, a good Q1 we, um, that we, we've shared the performance of that, we decided to um, revise our annual x growth from last year to be in the range of 19 to 22% versus 16% originally that we forecasted. That means that if last year we generated $382 million in x we now project in 2021, it will generate $456 million uh, all the way to 466. That's the range we, we revised our x We've also revised our EBITDA. So we've, um, we've originally spoke about um, you know, over 20% EBITDA growth, and now we're, we're revising that to uh, 32 to 42% adjusted EBITDA growth from last year. So, so that means that if last year we generated $106 million of adjusted EBITDA, in 2021, we're now forecasting to generate 140 to $150 million in adjusted EBITDA in 2021. So those are, um, that's, these are the new numbers we've given to the market. And again, the, the main two drivers that help us um, drive that growth are yield, that is investing in AI. Uh, we're one of the you know, most desirable places in Israel for engineers to work at. Uh, so we invest a lot in AI and the ability to better predict what you might like to do next, advertiser success, publisher success. And the second thing is uh, more publishers we work with that we're you know, fortunate to uh, work with. We just announced the BBC a few days ago, which obviously is a huge win. We were so excited to be working with um, such a trusted quality brand, global brand. So that type of things drives growth to our business. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers with a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF, symbol 1C, ONEC on the TSX is Canada's first alternatives portfolio solution, providing exposure to six alternative asset classes, 10 alternative strategies in one easy to use, one choice ETF that charges a management fee of just 0.2%. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF trades under the symbol 1CONEC on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. So what, what you just, I guess, spoke about was uh, communi- basically communicating uh, your, your expectations of, of future results to, to the investing public. And that's obviously an, an important role of, of a CEO of a public company. Um, but but what, other, what other roles do you think are uh, your, the ways that your role is going to evolve from being a private company CEO to a public company CEO? 
Yeah, that's a question that I keep asking myself. And uh, investors also ask me to, you know, um, about what's going to change or, or even what's on my mind. And I think that, you know, on the one side, I feel, I feel very confident in our financials, in our team, that together we're going to, you know, uh, we're crossing that bridge into becoming a public company and execute into our um, new beginning. And that it's, that's an incredible feeling, you know, to, um, to have these Avengers together, you know, that we're just uh, fighting the fight and, and growing the company together. So it's, it's such a reinforcing feeling. And so on the one side, it feels, I feel great about it. Um, I can't wait to become a public company. And I love interacting with the, with the investment community and getting their feedback about our industry in the space. And again, I think we're uniquely positioned because the as a recommendation engine and not just, just an advertising company. Uh, I think that's such a differentiated place. Uh, what I think the biggest difference for me and what even is on my mind is just the culture and how that's going to change. Tabula is a very transparent company. You know, we, you know, during the pandemic, I had uh, all hands with 1,400 people every Thursday at 9 a.m. for about a year, every Thursday. I remember when I asked my team, what do they think about doing that? They, they said, what do you think we're going to talk about every week for an hour with 1,400 people? And I said, I have no idea, but we're going to be just sitting there and talking to each other and we'll answer 100% of questions. Whatever that is, it could be a personal question, it could be a business question, whatever it is, we're going to talk about stuff. And we've done it for a year and all our surveys actually show that people, you know, have grown their trust in management in times they haven't seen us once, right? So transparency and, and making everybody co-writing the story of Tabula is such a big part of what, what I care about. And I wonder how that's going to translate into becoming a public company. You know, what can we, you know, what, what do we have to do differently? So that's, that's kind of, for me, the biggest change. And, and that's something that, you know, I'm spending my time on because I do think culture is by far the most important thing a company has um, side by side to its technology and products. Uh, but again, um, if you go back in history, Google wasn't first, but became the biggest. Right. Facebook wasn't first, but became the biggest. Amazon wasn't first, but became the biggest. And I can go on and on and on. Being the first is by far an emotional thing. Nobody cares. Being the best is the only thing that matters. <laughs> So uh, you're only emotional if you think that your claim to fame is you were the first. <laughs> you're, you're probably, if that's your pitch, you're already losing. So, so for me, being the best is just, and executing is, is um, important and a culture is important. And I think being a public company is a new thing, you know, so um, that's kind of probably the biggest change. And with that key piece of wisdom, being first doesn't matter. Being the best is what matters. I like that. So we'll end things there. And in terms of your transition from private to public company, certainly off to a great start with the Q1 results, boosting guidance for XTAC growth and EBITDA growth. If investors want to check out the story, currently the SPAC is trading under the symbol IACA. Once the merger and the going public transaction closes, as expected in the second quarter, you'll be trading under the symbol TBLA. So Adam, I'd like to thank you for coming on to the Absolute Return podcast. You had some key insights, some key messages, and really expressing the struggle of the entrepreneur and ultimate success as you reach this milestone. We wish you the best of luck as a newly minted public company. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. 
The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast, Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.